Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. You have to be constantly learning, listening. I think that if people don't have that sort of streak of humility about them, then a corollary of that is, I I don't need to learn. And I, and I I really struggle with that as a personality trait in a leader. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Mark Lippitt. Mark is the CEO of Exmos, a deep tech company at the leading edge of artificial intelligence. Mark joined Exmos in 2008 and held the roles of COO and VP of Engineering before taking the helm as CEO. Mark has extensive experience across the electronics industry with involvement in both blue chip and startup companies. With over 25 years of experience in tech, Mark joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Mark. It's great to have you with us. Uh, It's a a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Amy. Well, I'm looking forward to speaking with you. And so can you tell us a little bit about the organisation that you lead at Exmos, please? Um, sure. So Exmos um, is a we're, we're what's called a fabulous semiconductor company. So we make we make computer chips, or at least we design computer chips, and we have them made um, elsewhere. So primarily, we're a, um, a knowledge company, if you like, an intellectual property company. Um, uh-huh. but we actually sell um, semiconductor manufactured semiconductor products um, to 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 a, a broad range of applications. Actually, so um, the history of the, in the history of the business, we spun we spun the technology out of the University of Bristol um, back in two thousand five two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. Um, it was essentially designed to deliver a technology that was flexible and programmable um, in software um, in a manner that wasn't really possible um, and 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 indeed hasn't been possible. Um, so that we could sort of unleash the sort of creativity and, and um, abilities of, of, of embedded software engineers who were being slightly constrained to sort of, you know, doing sort of cookie cutter designs where okay. essentially they were reproducing something that, that, um, that, was, that, was, that was conceived of by, a, by another semiconductor company, but, but they were really constrained in what they could do with it. And, um, and we were, what we wanted to do was to, was to, was to unleash that, that sort of creativity and, and sort of create a, 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 a technology that was very easy to program, very easy to do, um, uh, to, to design systems with, but also accessible from a programming perspective. It's easy enough to, uh, you know, it, it was uh, easy to use, but also um, cheap enough, low power enough to find its way into many different um, systems. And, and as, as the years have gone by, that's become called the Internet of Things, right? Uh-huh. So, so, we, so uh, the original, and I can't claim credit for this, but the original um, you know, founders of the business, um, what, they weren't using those terms, but they were talking about the Internet of Things. And that's a, um, <clears throat> it's frequently used as a, as, a, as a description of a market, and it really isn't. Mm-hmm. It's a description of a, a, a large group of different markets that, um, that sum together to a, to what I would describe as sort of a mega trend, really, uh, um, that's, that's starting to drive the semiconductor industry. So, mm-hmm. you know, historically, the, the, the founders of the company were very visionary. They created a technology that solved a problem that has become more and more prescient, you know, more and more uh-huh. important to us. Um, and now it's labelled. You know, we can call it the Internet of Things, and more recently, the Intelligent Internet of Things, mm-hmm. as we've tried to move um, some of the sort of artificial intelligence. Um, that we've heard so much about in, in recent history um, towards the edge of the network. And that gives us much more ability to scale um, as well as significant sort of privacy um, advantages and security advantages. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, we, we, I mean, in terms of the markets that we operate in, 
we have a what 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 I would describe as a platform technology, which is general purpose, but um, um, it's very difficult to sell a general purpose technology in the sort of broadest sense. So you tend to target specific markets in your strategy. And what we, the markets that we've that we've moved from have been initially based on audio processing. Um, and then we've uh, audio processing in personal computing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've used that sort of audio um, capability and developed it into voice processing. And that's moved us from personal computing, expanding into um, some consumer applications. And now we're actually moving, we're, we're adding another capability on image processing with our latest generation of technology. And that's moving us, uh, that's giving us a footprint in um, smart cities and and um, and automotive style applications. So so we're sort of progressively, organically moving, uh, expanding our footprint, mm-hmm. still using the same technology, still using the same platform, but but essentially demonstrating our capabilities in different markets and building traction in different markets. So um, you know we're really at the very beginning of the journey. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're growing very fast. We're profitable, but um, we have an enormous amount of opportunity in front of us. And absolutely. And, one thing the company's already always been very good at, and I guess that's partly down to its provenance, is is it's always had a very um, you know strong innovation pipeline, and mm-hmm. uh, you know lots and lots of ideas, um, things that we can do to uh, to to to, uh, to increase the the footprint of the business and 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 you know move it into more exciting new areas. Fantastic, exciting place to be, definitely. And and in terms of your challenges at the moment so you joined the business as vp of engineering developed into coo and now mm-hmm. ceo for six and a half ish years there or thereabouts yeah somewhere there. yep. what, what kind of challenges are you up against as a leader of that kind of organization in that stage of its life cycle within that sector what are you up against currently um so well there's i mean there's always there's always challenges and they're not always the mm-hmm. same i mean mm-hmm. just i suppose on a slightly mundane side you know recently we've we've um as many people will be aware of we've struggled to to, to get supply um mm-hmm. and that's been a a situation that the whole semiconductor industry has been suffering with um but uh, you know th- these are all these are all challenges and, and in the semiconductor industry there's a cycle and and you know we're coming out of a supply supply constraint cycle and moving into mm-hmm. a um, more, I guess, of a des- demand-constrained cycle as a result of various different um, various different things. The semiconductor industry is intrinsically cyclical, but there's also obviously world events conspiring against um, uh-huh. high levels of discretionary spending, and particularly in, in, in things like consumer. So there's always those 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 challenges. Either you're supply limited, you're demand limited. But um, I mean, we we are, as I say, we're in a, we're in a fortunate position that that um, even even in the you know the worst crunch. Um, so far as demand is concerned, we've got enormous opportunity in front of us. So, so I think that you know, I'm not sure I'd describe them necessarily as challenges, but the things that I care about, the, the team, um, uh-huh. we're primarily a knowledge-driven business, and yeah. um, you know, making sure that the team, the team is initially obviously very strong, but also you know remains motivated and that they understand what we're trying to achieve and they're behind it. Um, that's those are the things that, that that we really care about, and and historically, of course, as a as a CEO of a startup company or a company that's scaling, um, and that perhaps is not profitable, then you're you're always very sort of you know focused on on the financials to make sure that the company remains in a in a healthy state and doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't drift into a situation where where we're sort of um, distressed. So we're through that stage now, which is great. But mm-hmm. um, you know the capital, the sorts of capital that I'm worried about as now is sort of intellectual or more on the yes. intellectual side making sure that we're um, looking after our existing customers, but also looking forward to growing that customer base, um, working out what our next go-to-market strategy is to expand into industrial and automotive, for example. Mm-hmm. 
but those are the, those are the things that that that, um, that I would say challenges, not in a sort of very negative sense. Those are good mm-hmm. opportunities, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and your own journey then, Mark, was it always the case? I mean, so looking at your your background, so you did a electrical and el- electronic engineering. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an EE. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, was it always the case that you wanted to be the CEO? Were you always headed for sort of a leadership role, or did you find your passion and it happened organically? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think I always wanted to be a CEO. Um, I don't, to be honest, you know, I, I've I've always been somebody that 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 wants wants to get things done. I'm I am very driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, if I get if I get an eye on something that that um, that that I want to get done, um, then I'm quite often I'm quite uh, well. I'll, I'll put a lot of energy into getting it done. Um, I, I, I guess naturally that that probably helped me in that direction. Um, I think when I was, um, uh, you know, at the beginning of my career when I was an engineer, I did always gravitate towards project leadership, um, those kinds of, you know, running leading teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't necessarily through any great ambition. It was just, I think, something that I was okay at doing. Um, and I cared about it. Yeah. Um, and and consequently, I guess as, as as I sort of developed experience, that that role came became closer and closer to being CEO, and and it was really it was really at the point I suppose. So, so before um, before Exmos, I was I, I I ran a small small um, consulting business, mm-hmm. um, and and I, so I've been in sort of startups and scale ups for for twenty years. Um, and they've typically been quite small, and I've typically been the person that was willing to do all the stuff that, that yeah. other, other other people didn't want to do because they were busy doing engineering, and that was fine mm-hmm. by me. So, so that's I think I sort of gravitated towards it, and then um, most recently in Exmos, I think I I, I definitely had a, a vision for the company that I wanted to pursue, and and uh, so I guess at that point I probably you know six seven six seven eight years ago. Uh, I would have been specifically interested in being CEO at that point. Mm-hmm. And and you did your MBA with Henley as well, didn't you? About mm. that time, about the same time as joining Exmos. Yeah, so I did. Yeah, I joined. Um, I joined Exmos. I started an MBA, and I think I had a child at the same time. So it's kind of busy. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say that slight understatement there, but well done <laughs> for getting through it. That was my wife actually. My my wife too did take credit for that. <laughs> So and and so did that change your perspective on leadership completing the MBA or was that part of the part of the journey? It, for you? it did. I mean, it's, so so I think um, as as an as an EE, um, you know, as, as as an engineer, um, you obviously learn a lot about uh, about technical topics. Um, and actually, my degree was somewhat broader. I did have some managerial and strategic sort of aspects to it, but. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think for myself, I just needed to understand that there wasn't a whole load of, you know, unknown unknowns about mm-hmm. about what I was going into. I, I mean, it was fine to not know things, but if you don't know what you don't know, you're going to end up falling over a lot. And, and uh-huh. so, so I think that was that was really there were two things actually. First, first was was I I'd just come off the back of a company that hadn't succeeded, it hadn't been that successful. It was it was sold, but. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the success we all hoped it would be, mm-hmm. and I wanted to understand why, and I wanted to understand you know what 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 we could have done along the way, um, and what tools I might have used along the way to to either see that coming or or to try and make a better outcome for that business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one motivation, and the other one was this this idea that you know there's 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 almost certainly things I don't know, and and more worrying there's things I don't know I don't know. Yes, um, yeah. So. 
Um, so let's just, you know, spend some time studying. And frankly, I was I was really ready to go back uh, to education as well. That was okay. the other thing, actually. I was very thirsty for it. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it was a combination of those things, and and, and um, yeah, I'm very pleased I did as well. I mean, it's it, it it worked for me. I don't know if it would work necessarily for everyone. It's it's mm-hmm. very hard work, and it does lean very heavily on your um, your family, um, yes. particularly the way I did it. Um, but uh, but it's very worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. I've just just completed myself. Actually, we started at the start of the pandemic, and I've just got the grades this morning. Actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, I concur. I went in the same way. So human's going to be ten in January. You don't know what you don't know. And I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely, for me, it's been, it's not just the knowledge, but the the confidence of the things that maybe I did know. Yeah. And also picking up the things that I wasn't aware of and the skills yeah. that you learn and the, yeah. just the insights. I, I would recommend it personally, but I don't think it's necessarily paramount for a leadership role. No, I, I, I don't I think so either. I don't think so either. I, I think mm-hmm. it's... Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't judge people for having MBAs or not having MBAs. No, absolutely. It worked. It worked for me. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's yeah, enough. I'm coming from the same place. Mm. And and in terms of the characteristics, then, so speaking about great leaders and successful leaders, you've spoken about sort of having a vision. You've spoken about uh, you, you expressed humility in terms of I don't know what I don't know. What other characteristics do you think are important for a successful leader? Is it case by case, company by company, or I think, it, I think to be yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's not not a great answer, but it probably is. Uh, but I, I think there are certain certain um, fundamental characteristics. I mean, a leader is is, is um, obviously somebody that relies on other people um, to get things done by mm-hmm. definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think trust and integrity are are you know absolute cornerstones. I think if if you yeah. haven't got um, trust and integrity is very difficult to get people to follow you because um, you really want you know you want people to follow you through thick and thin um, and, and 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 I also I mean I somewhat hesitate to say follow as well because I mean I would I would position myself in the front and behind everyone yes. else. Um, yeah. because I mean the front when I'm telling them the vision and I'm saying this is what I think is going to happen and you know this is what I've learned and I think this is our place in the world mm-hmm. um, going forward and then i'm and then i move to the back yeah and 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 at that point i'm sort of facilitating and making sure people are happy and, and motivated and 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 looking after the team so mm-hmm. so I, I don't necessarily think it's you know always well i suppose leadership of a sort but i i, I struggle with this idea that you're always out in the front mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because actually i think um I am a great believer in hiring the right people and getting out of their way but there is there is this you know you, you can't just do that you need to no. You need to give people direction, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but once you've done that, then there is you know there is some merit in that idea that you get out of get out of people's way. So so I think um, you know there's there's trust and integrity. Those are the sort of the, the cornerstones. If you haven't got that, it doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, you need to be able to tell us. You need to be able to well a, a tell a story. Is not is underplaying it. You need to be able to identify a vision that that, that works. Right. Uh-huh. So not, that works. I mean, in our company. You know, there's a bunch of very, very smart people, and and the vision has to make sense. Otherwise, yes. they'll yeah. they'll to- they'll totally call me out on it, which is uh-huh. which is exactly what I would um, hope for. Mm-hmm. So the vision needs to make sense, um, and then you need to be able to tell that story. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to be able to tell that story internally. You need to be able to tell it externally. Um, so storytelling storytelling is important as well, but. But you know, running this sort of the, the thread that runs through the whole thing is integrity. So if you're telling a story that is simply just a story, you don't believe it any, you know, yeah. and, and and then no one else will. They'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, 
they'll sense that. So I, I think that's, um, you know, those, those are some of the things. I, I also think, um, and you mentioned humility, I think that's incredibly important um, because I, I also think that, you know, it's, it's, <clears throat> there's some great quotes on there. I'm not sure which, which mug I've got here, but um, there, we, we, this, we've, got our, we've got a bunch of mugs that we printed our, our company values on. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, one, one, of them, one of them is, 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 is humility. And, and, and we, you know, we want to be proud of what we've done, but we also want to be humble. And I think yes. the world is such a complicated place and so dynamic that if anyone claims to really understand it at any given point in time, I think that's a questionable position to take. You have to be constantly learning, listening, interpreting. Mm-hmm. I think that if people are, don't have that sort of streak of humility about them, then a corollary of that is I, I don't need to learn. And, and I, re- mm-hmm. I would really struggle with that as a personality trait in a leader. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the humility piece links into what you were saying about either being in front or behind, because I think sometimes you have to, you need to be agile as a leader. And I think if you haven't got the humility to go out, I need to get behind these guys, or right, they need mm-hmm. somebody at the front, or even through the pandemic and often through tough times, you're shoulder to shoulder with your your team or you can be. I think yeah. if you haven't got the humility to say, actually, my place is over here, mm-hmm. rather than needing to be at the front all the time. I think that can be... Yeah. Like, oh, no, I, I, frequently, I frequently get told off for doing things I shouldn't be doing. And... <laughs> and um, and and that's not that's not you know I'm stepping all over people's toes. That's you know CEO, CEO shouldn't be writing the you know shouldn't be doing the, uh, the 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 pitch or writing the HR policy for for you know this kind of award or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not good examples, but um, but if, you know if it's a gap, then why shouldn't I do it? Otherwise, I'm diverting an engineer perhaps from what they're doing. Uh-huh. You know, everyone's everyone's doing stuff. Everyone's delivering value. Yes, um, and and you know. I'm, I'm not going to sort of be uh, superior about it. Just get on, yeah. get on and do it. No, you don't strike me as the kind of person that has an ivory tower. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. No, good, good. And, and in terms of your, your leadership style then, is, was there a piece of advice that you were offered or an experience that you had earlier on in your career that's, that shaped your leadership style or your approach to leadership? Um, I mean, I've, I've had a few instances of things that have lodged in my head. Um, I, I had, um, I was on an out, one, one of the earliest ones, and this is really going back. This is going back to when I was uh, sort of 22, 23. I was on a leadership outward bound course as a part of my, I was sponsored through university and I went and joined this, the company that sponsored me. And, and, um, and they said that as a matter of course, they sent all their sponsored students out onto this leadership outward bound course. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being hauled over the coals for for being autocratic. It was an, it was a night nighttime exercise. We had to find somebody that was notionally injured in a forest, and we didn't have anything to do it with. We had to organise ourselves into search parties and things like that. And I was tired, and um, I think it was two or three in the morning. And I was I was the leader, and I started barking at um, at people to do stuff. Everyone was tired, and I absolutely got I got rightfully berated for that. And um, and so I guess I've always been a little bit conscious of that of that the possibility that under certain stresses I'll, I'll revert to that. And that's been it's one of those things. The things you're aware of are the things that probably you don't manifest because you you monitor yourself for them. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that was that was one thing. Um, <clears throat> but along the way, there's been there's been lots of things that uh, um, that that I've done. I mean, actually, on that particular course, I, I was I was. At the same time as being berated for that, I was singled out as being being one of the people that that showed you know leadership capabilities and, and potential. Um, so so that was that, that. I guess that might have sown a seed of an idea in my head. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but but really, it's the people you work with and the people you work for that 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 help you um, form this kind of leader that you want to be. Because there's no just you know, it's no one kind. Um, and uh, you know, I've, I've worked with some some really amazing people. I'd, I'd sort of you know cite Charles Cotton. I, I've, I have a, a coach, John Ham, who's amazing. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of bit, and and, and, I've, and I've had I've been lucky enough to work with you know some of the best VCs in the world, and 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 I've also seen some 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 leadership traits that I don't particularly admire. So, you know, it's one of those things you you keep your eyes open, you, mm-hmm. you figure out who you want to be and you, you and you go after that. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes sometimes you can learn more from those people that do it the way you wouldn't do it yourself. You know, you yeah, see. yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes, you know, you have very strong, but I, I, I have very strong views about, um, you know, how people should be treated and, 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 and how you should, how you should behave. Even, even if you see something you regard as negative behavior, how you might reflect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some people just break those rules, right? Some people you, you sort of see, see some people's behaviour, and you think, my God, that's you know, and 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 you're you know, they're a leader of a company, for example, and they're breaking all those rules, and 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 you sort of question how, you know, how that's possible. But but you know, they're they're sort of they're just a different size and shape, and they're they're making up for it perhaps in different ways. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's you know, there's 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 there's, there's there's no one answer, right? It's, all, it's just the answer that you're, you know, you're comfortable in your own skin, really. Yeah, yeah. And and in terms of advice for someone that was looking to follow in your footsteps, so either someone that was right at the start of their career with their mm. sights set on a leadership role or they'd just taken a step up, what kind of advice would you offer to someone in that situation? Are there any sort of, if I knew then what I know now moments? <laughs> I would say, so, so the one thing I would say, actually, and I think, think this is, you know, this is one thing that um, we tend to undervalue is time. Um, yeah. and I, I would, I would say basically, I mean, it's the one currency you can't pay back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, you, you tend to worry, we tend to worry a lot about money and, um, you know, uh, and how we're spending money and, and whether or not we're spending it wisely. And, and I'm talking about, you know, a, a primarily in a business context, mm-hmm. um, whilst we're perhaps not really attributing much value to our time. And, um, that's something I would I would I would say to the to the younger me is is you know don't spend time um, mm-hmm. doing things that that aren't valuable because you, that that you will not get back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so that, that's 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 one piece of advice. I mean, uh, the other one is that I'm sort of frequently quoted for is you know every day is a school day. You know, it's, yes. it's this idea this idea that that um, that you cannot afford to stop learning, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you know you're sat in front of a rack of books. I would be sat, if I was at my home office, I'd be the same, but mm-hmm. um, it doesn't matter what, what medium it is, right? You don't have to be a yeah. bookworm. You can watch YouTube. You can, you know, yeah, read absolutely. websites. Well, it doesn't do, talk to people. It doesn't, it mm-hmm. just doesn't matter, but um, just be open-minded and, and, and always, always learning. I think that's, yeah. that's one thing. And, and, and actually that comes back to that sort of, that humility. Cause you know, the fact that you, if you understand that you need to learn, that means you, you, you also understand you don't know everything. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Constantly curious, I think, is the mm-hmm. way forward. Mm-hmm. And and so you've mentioned the leaders in your in your past that have shaped you or pieces of advice that you've had from them. But is there a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that particularly stands out for you? Yeah, and if so, what is it about them? So um, I, I I mean, it's a little bit, probably a little bit of a cliched answer, particularly for a Brit, but um, uh, it would be Churchill. Okay. And I I, I think. Um, you know, many times in my career, um, and more, I guess, in the sort of second half of my career, um, there have been really, really tough times, mm-hmm. and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to carry a team through it. Um, 
and 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 you're sort of struggling for the way to articulate how you want them to come together and, and trying to try and sort of you know build that vision of the future and so on. And I, I think there's two things about about Churchill that really really appeal to me. One is resilience. It took him forever to become prime minister, and he and he went through a lot of things on the road to that point. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, the the period during which he was leading the country. Um, was 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 I mean it was it was a very dark time right and and mm-hmm. and 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 he absolutely rallied a whole bunch of people in, into a, a mission that was not the least bit pleasant or attractive it was um, <clears throat> probably there were many many people that didn't want to get involved mm-hmm. uh, and yet you know he was he was absolutely um, un, un, unshakable immutable and uh, I, I I think that's incredibly admirable by the way and also whilst whilst sort of wrestling his own demons you know he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He had he had his own his own challenges, his own mental health issues, and he was mm-hmm. dealing with those as well. So, I think it's you know I think, I think it's a, I mean it, it, you know it's cometh the time, cometh the man. But um, um, in that in that um, context, um, a, a truly remarkable, a truly remarkable leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so that he, that would be my one answer. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Great answer. And and in terms of so we've spoken about books and reading and continuous learning. What yeah. I'm always really interested in is what leaders are reading or consuming. So be it a podcast mm. or an audiobook. What, yeah. what kind of recommendations do you have? What's shaped your style, or what have you enjoyed or found valuable in the past? So I've, I've got. I mean, I've got. Must, I must have about fifty or sixty um, business books at home that I've read, and, mm. and I have read them um, over the years. Um, there's a few, so I'm a, I'm a highlighter. I go. I was talking to my wife about this last night. I go through books, and I, I some people will hate this. I, I highlight bits and books that really resonate. And so, the, so the books that the books that I've highlighted the most are probably the ones that I got the most out of. Okay. Um, so, I mean, there's a few things. So, so I mean, as a CEO, when you're going through sort of, you know, you go through good times and bad times. Sometimes you sort of, you know, you rely on some books to to try to um, comfort yourself that you weren't the only one. And mm-hmm. there's a few of that. there's a couple of those. One's called one that I'm quite familiar, quite um, um, keen on is called The Messy Middle. Okay. Which I think is um, it's it's a it's a great book about the fact that. You know, when you when you look back on the on the success of a company, you tend to you tend to you know, okay, so this is where we started, so that's one dot on the graph, and this is where we finished, that's another dot on the graph. Mm-hmm. We'll just draw a straight line between those two, and that would that, that plots the course of the business. And actually, it's like a, you know, it's like a massive mess of stuff going on in the middle. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a good one. Um, okay. The hard thing about hard things is a good is a is a good book for anyone that's sort of in the venture space as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then there's you know there's, there's uh, so I'm, I'm quite um i guess one of the things i was doing well, i was really interested in my in my mba was 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 um culture wow. um and the, and there's there's a book by edgar shine and and uh, called um organizational culture and leadership and that was my that was my go-to in fact to be honest that's probably the only book on culture that i uh, that i refer back to now apart from um um, oh crikey, I've forgotten the name of it. There's there's a um, yeah there's there's a book on cultural diagnosis which um, uh, which which is we we sometimes go back would go back to as a company because mm-hmm. we we just want to see where you know where the culture is and maybe whether or not we want to shape it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's but, important. Um, it's important to take that temperature check. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's important so. to take a deliberate approach to it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then there's, I guess, the somewhat, somewhat more, I mean, the somewhat more mundane things about how, you know, how you, how you think about strategy. Blue Ocean strategy is a classic, and people, yes. I mean, it's become, it's become one of the ones that's 
people just talk about you know people talk about blue oceans and red oceans like like it's you know yeah it's in the, in the oxford english dictionary and I don't know, maybe it is but um that's where it came from mm-hmm. and, and balanced scorecards you know that's something we use here okay um, kaplan and norton and and there's another one called the checklist manifesto which i think is another another great book but that's that's more and, and that's really you know that's about the power of checklists and okay. and um and 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 i'm i'm absolutely i, sh- I should always, yeah but um I'm an absolute uh, um, list maker. Okay. So, and it's just because I'm, you know, I'm quite disorganised in some cases. So, so that's that's been my, you know, my antidote to that is is to is to write lots of lots of lists. Yeah. In terms of sort of switching off, how do you yeah. do you read to switch off? Do you what do you absorb um, from that perspective? I I do sometimes. Um, I actually try and. Um, if I really want to switch off, I, I, I play the guitar. I'll, I'll, um, I'll make things. I'm, I'm, I'm quite keen on working with my hands, so woodwork and things like that. Which I think, by the way, now I don't know if it's true. If I'm, I've got limited experience of other other um, businesses, but in engineering businesses, people that do woodwork are quite common. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and, and it's, um, I think it's just because it's very engaging, and it engages a part of your brain you don't perhaps normally use. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So that's something that that I do. I've got, you know, I, I I have quite a big family. I spend time with family. I enjoy. I really enjoy cooking. But it's also it's always stuff that's um, that that uses both your head and your hands. Mm-hmm. Tactile. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's it sort of specifically needs to be, um, yeah, needs to, needs to take your mind off of off of work. So it's almost yeah. deliberately deliberately chosen to to be intellectually quite you know engaging as well as mm-hmm. as um as well as uh, yeah using your hands it, it's important to find those things that help you just get in that different space isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely it's um yeah it's it's as important as you know sitting down is for your your physiology is to you know find some other space for your head yeah absolutely absolutely and and so over the next six nine twelve months what's going to be happening at xmos that you can share with us um, well, we're going to continue to grow strongly. Um, I mean, essentially, we're already on a, you know, we're, we're, we're on the right track. So if, if I was to, if you were to project me forward six, nine months and, and, I, and I was to say, yeah, we just carried on keeping on, then that would be great. Um, so there's, there's the, the, um, the, the industry, because of the world events, is, is going to have a bit of a bit of turbulence. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we'll be buckling up and we'll, we'll get through that. We've got um, essentially in terms of our own sort of looking at our own business, we've got lots and lots of opportunities in the pipeline. I'm looking forward to, um, to getting out the, those, those, those products getting out into the world. Um, we'll be thinking ahead about, um, um, about, you know, expansion into some new, new markets, industrial, Fantastic. a little bit of automotive. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot of partnering because it's just becoming so important um, because of the complexity of what we do. And, and, um, it, there's, it's you know, partnering is becoming extremely important. So, mm-hmm. you know, building an ecosystem of partners that you can work with to solve a single single problem on uh, yeah. ultimately multiple problems is becoming a really important thing as well. So, absolutely, we, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll be partnering a lot more, um, hopefully a lot more. Um, yeah. So yeah, but essentially just pushing forward on on many of the things that we're we're already doing, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to to growing strongly, bringing more people on board. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I wish you the best of luck with it. And Mark, I really enjoyed speaking with you. So thank you. Thank you for sharing no, your time and telling your story. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's been, uh, been fun. Thanks. Thanks, Amy. <laughs>